opportunity to go to one of the museums that have this traveling exhibit of the bodies. Uh, it's named different things at different places, but there, um, it is an amazing process uh, of what they've done by actually using actual cadavers, uh, rubberizing certain parts of the body, and then extracting that to show the intricacies of certain parts of the body. I'm telling you, it is a faith-building exercise going into that and seeing you walk out of there being amazed by God. Amazed that all of these things can happen inside of us simultaneously. And you walk out of there and go, could that have just happened? And you go, there is no way that could have just happened. The circulatory system is amazing. And this is a uh, this, uh, one of those pictures from that exhibit where it shows these are the actual arteries, capillaries from just even the, the human face. Well, that's showing up. It is extensive, and uh, it, it is amazing. It shows the glory of God of how all these things work. There are 60,000 miles of blood vessels in the average human body. 60,000 miles. And typically inside of a human, you have anywhere from one to one and a half gallons of blood. That's a lot of blood. That's 7% of our body weight is uh, in just blood alone. A single red blood cell is a, I could go on and on. I'm not a doctor nor play one on television, so I don't know a lot about this. There are many of you in the room that could uh, speak on this much more intelligently than I could. But a red blood cell can go through the entire cycle, so from the heart to the lungs to the body to the kidneys and back through that entire cycle in 20 seconds. So however that 60,000 miles goes, it can go 20 seconds is a cycle of one red blood cell. And interestingly, your body creates 2 million red blood cells every second. Two million red blood cells every second it is producing. And if you're under stress, it can actually produce seven times that amount. Amazing. Blood is very distinctive. As we, we look at this idea, it is very easily recognizable. You notice when someone is either bleeding or have blood, you know, there's blood. It's very easily recognizable. That red color is, is really not a natural color that we see commonly. Now, I will say, you know, that's why brake lights and stoplights and fire engines are red. They are to draw our attention instantly. There is a recognition that God built into us to see that red color. And as you notice throughout driving around, notice the things that are red. The point of them are to get your attention. Most of them are signs. Most of them are uh, warnings. They are there to draw our attention because blood is distinctive 
uh, you know, my grandpa, Charles, he would always come in and there was some part of him that was bleeding. And he would go, hey, Grandpa, you're bleeding, you know. And, oh, no, you know, you know, it's something. You know, he, he would hardly ever notice that. Um, in high school, I would get a bloody nose quite often. You know, Isaac, you deal with similar things. Um, every day, I would have a bloody nose. You know, there'd be blood. You know, all the kids would be like, you're bleeding. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, it's no big deal. I'll, I'll take care of that. But it is distinctive. Blood is not mistaken for anything else. It is very noticeable, recognizable, and attention-giving. Blood is emotional. You may or may know of someone who faints at the sight of blood. There is an emotional reaction to seeing blood because it is not a common thing. Horror films <laughs> uh, often use this uh, tactic in a, a scare way, you know, blood and guts, because that is an emotional reaction to that part of our body. It's interesting how Genesis uh, describes this fact of emotional thing. And, and let's read in Genesis chapter 4. Back with Cain and Abel, and most of the passages that I've uh, chosen, I'm reading from the New Century Version. Uh, I want to make sure that everybody was able to understand uh, some of the language through this. So, uh, New Century Version is what I'm uh, reading from. Genesis chapter 4, verse 2. Let's look at a section here. You're familiar with this probably. It says, Abel took care of flocks, and Cain became a farmer. Later, Cain, Cain, brought some food from the ground as a gift to God. Abel brought the best parts from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord accepted Abel's and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. So Cain became very angry, angry and felt rejected. The Lord asked Cain, why are you angry? Why do you look so unhappy? If you do things well, I will accept you. But if you do not do them well, sin is ready to attack you. Sin wants you, but you must rule over it. Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out into the field. And while they were out in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Later, the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? Cain answered, I do not know. Is it my job to take care of my brother? Then the Lord said, What have you done? Your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. And now you will be cursed in the work with the ground, the same ground where your brother's blood fell and where your hands killed him. His blood was crying out. This emotion coming from the blood of the ground, begging to be recognized, begging to be acted upon, to be avenged. This blood is emotional. Because blood signifies life. As we look at in uh, Leviticus chapter 17, looking at the law, the old law, and how they were to look at blood, you know, it just says that life is in the blood. It represents life. 
That's why we're to treat it with distinction. So if blood signifies life, the loss of blood represents death. Again, our attention to blood loss needs to be immediate. I don't know, there's some of the room, Titus Murphy and others that have difficulty with their blood clotting. It, it is a serious thing that you have to be on your guard. If you're seeing Titus bleeding, that is serious. It is for most of us. You know, we lose 40% of our blood. We're gone. It, it, is, it is not a, um, a, a thing that we can get back. But it signifies life. It also signifies sacrifice. Let's look at the Old Testament story of the Passover. Let's look over in, uh, we're going to read a big section in Exodus chapter 11. Genesis, Exodus chapter 11. We're going to start in verse 4. And walk through this. Again, this is a familiar story about uh, the, the plagues of Egypt and God bringing this last and tenth plague upon the people of Egypt. But it affects the Israelites in a way as well. Let's read this section and we'll make some notes here. Exodus chapter 4, verse 11. It says, So Moses said, This is what the Lord says about midnight. I will go throughout Egypt. Every firstborn son in Egypt will die, from the firstborn son of Pharaoh who sits on the throne to the firstborn son of the female slave who is at her handmill, and the firstborn of the cattle as well. There will be a loud wailing throughout Egypt, worse than there has ever been or ever will be again. But among the Israelites, not a dog will bark at any person or animal. Then you will know that the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. All these officials of yours will come to me, bowing down before me and saying, Go, you and all the people who follow after you, that I will leave. Then Moses, hot with anger, left Pharaoh. The Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will refuse to listen to you. So that my wonders will be multiplied in Egypt. Moses and Aaron performed all these wonders before Pharaoh. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. And he would not let the Israelites go out of his country. Let's continue in chapter 12. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt. This month is to be for you the first month of the first. I'm sorry, the first day of the first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel. That on the tenth day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor, having taken into account the number of people there are. You are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. The animal you choose must be a year-old male without defect, and you may take from the sheep or the goats. Take care of them until the fourteenth day of the month, when all the members of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood 
and put it on the sides and the tops of the door frames of the houses where they are to eat the lambs. That same night, they are to eat the meat roasted over fire along with bitter herbs and a bread made without yeast. Do not eat meat raw or boiled in water, but roasted over a fire with the head and legs and eternal organs. Do not leave any of it till the morning. If some is left till morning, you must burn it. This is how you are to eat it, with your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. On that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn of both people and animals, and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. This is a day you are to commemorate for the generations to come. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. This blood was a public declaration that something had happened. Something died. Something was lost or given up. A price was paid. The term Passover indicates that the price had already been paid. There had already been loss in this house. The judgment had already come. He was appeased, verse 12. God didn't inflict additional judgment on that house when he saw the blood that was declared on the doorposts. There was a transference of guilt. The price that was paid by another. From innocent to guilty, the lamb, this unblemished male goat or sheep, it was innocent. And it paid the price for their guilt. They went from guilty to innocent while the lamb became innocent to guilty. There's a transference of this. And we see the continuance of this sacrifice throughout the entire Old Testament over and over again. This sacrificial system of sacrificing animals to pay for the price of the sins of the people. Thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of animals were sacrificed over that period of time. I cannot imagine the stink, the, the blood, the 
of, of the tabernacle and the temple and the, the continuing of slaughtering these animals. I, I cannot imagine. Transference of guilt from us to the unblemished lamb, the innocent. In John chapter 1, verse 29, John sees Jesus coming toward him and says, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins. Of the world. Let's sing a song that talks about this idea. Jamie's going to lead us. Another aspect of blood is that blood cleanses things. And I always have a struggle with that. I'm thinking, you know, it's very red. It's, it's it would seem like it would stain. You know, I get a bloody nose and it gets on my shirt and it, it, it stains my shirt rather than cleansing. But you know, when you think about blood and what it does in our body, it not only carries oxygen to those cells, it takes away the waste and the carbon dioxide from our cells and purifies it. It is constantly scrubbing our cells and getting out the bad things in our lives. That helps me change my paradigm of how that works in this idea of blood cleansing. I always struggled with that. You know, you read Isaiah 118, and it says, The Lord says, Come, let us talk about these things. Though your sins are like scarlet, they can be as white as snow. Though your sins are deep red, they can be white like wool. And again, in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, says, If we live in the light as God is in the light, we sh can share fellowship with each other. Then the blood of Jesus, God's Son, cleanses us from every sin. If we say we have no sin, we are fooling ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, He will forgive our sins. Because we can trust God to do what is right, he will cleanse us from all the wrongs we have done. This idea that blood cleanses us, we talk about that often, but I don't know that I internalize that very often myself. Let's sing a couple of songs that talk about this idea of the cleansing power that Jesus' blood has for us. Uh, this passage of uh, 
Hebrews chapter 9 is our daily Bible reading passage, and uh, some of you may have already read that, or we'll read that again. But I want to look at Hebrews chapter 9 that talks specifically about this and how Jesus' blood is different than what happened in the past. And it begins with this idea in verse 1 of the first agreement or the first covenant or the old law. And he says, the first agreement had rules for worship and a place on earth for worship. The holy tent was set up for this. The first area in the tent was called the holy place. In it were the lamp and the table with the bread that was made holy for God. Behind the second curtain was a room called the most holy place. It was in a a golden altar for burning incense. And the ark, covered with gold, held the old agreement. Inside this ark was a golden jar of manna, Aaron's rod that once grew leaves, and the stone tablets of the old agreement. Above the ark were the creatures that showed God's glory, whose wings reached over the lid. But we cannot tell everything about these things now. When everything in the tent was made ready in this way, the priests went into the first room every day to worship. But only the high priest could go into the second room, and he did that only once a year. He could never enter the inner room without taking blood with him, which he offered to God for himself, and then the sins of the people they did without knowing they did them. But when Christ came, in verse 11, when Christ came as the high priest of the good things we now have, he entered the greater and more perfect tent. It is not made by humans and does not belong to this world. Christ entered the most holy place only once and for all time. He did not take with him the blood of goats and calves. His sacrifice was his own blood. And by it, he set us free from sin forever. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a cow were sprinkled on the people who were unclean, and this makes their bodies clean again. How much more is done by the blood of Christ? He offered himself through the eternal spirit as a perfect sacrifice to God. His blood will make our consciences pure from useless acts so that we may serve the living God. Praise God. Praise God for that sacrifice, that blood that is so different. It is perfect. Finally, verse 15. For this reason, Christ brings a new agreement from God to his people. Those who are called by God can now receive the blessings he has promised. Blessings that will last 
forever. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. His blood cleanses me, it cleanses you, it cleanses all of us. His blood is powerful. There is power in the blood. There's a song that we sing that talks about this. We'll sing that now. There is power in the blood. Blood also brings remembrance. We're about to partake of the Lord's Supper. And part of that act that we do is that idea of remembering and proclaiming. I will spare you some of the stories of when I've had blood on my hands and what I've done and cut myself. Uh, it seems like it's a uh, almost a daily thing. I only have one Band-Aid on today, so uh, there's always something that I'm doing uh, that creates cuts and, and scrapes. But when I see blood on my skin, it reminds me of the previous trauma that I have put myself through. Things that have happened to me. I have to rely on my blood in my veins to work on that cut to repair that damage. I can't do anything of my own. It's the blood that's going in there and creating that healing. The blood of Jesus is similar. This memorial, this remembering helps us to focus that we had no currency to pay for the blatant disregard that I did. My sin. When I sinned against God, I knew what I was doing. I chose not to do that. The blood helps us remember that previous trauma to go, I was in sin. I had no way to pay to make that right again. It was beyond me. Praise God for the grace of paying my price, for Jesus' blood to pay the price that I could not pay. And at the Last Supper, Jesus speaks here in Matthew chapter 26, verse 26. It says, While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is the blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. It is to help remind us our sins were paid for. I didn't pay for it. The blood that we're about to drink. Remember. 
source of so many things. It's distinctive. It's emotional. It signifies life. It signifies sacrifice. It signifies cleansing. As we're seeing number 175 in the blue book, the breaking of the bread, I'll have the men come forward and sit on the front rows. And then after that song, we will partake. is this idea of healing. It is amazing how our bodies heal itself because of those white blood cells and red blood cells bringing that protection to those cuts. Uh, blood congeals on our skin to protect those areas that are susceptible to further damage, to fight off the infections that are attacking it to bring nutrients to that area, to heal and restore those hurts. I can't imagine how disfigured I would look if our bodies didn't heal itself. Uh, you know, whether it's my hands or probably my head, I get my head a lot, there's a big skin up here, uh, all the time. You know, it's like, what if our bodies didn't heal? We just look like these monstrosities. The gift that God provides to us brings life, brings healing to us. It protects us. It nourishes us. It heals those areas. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says, Christ carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we would stop living for sin and start living for what is right. You are healed because of his wounds. A powerful thought that is. We need to celebrate because of the blood of Jesus. We're going to sing number 157 in the red folder. Under the wings. Do you have any need?